welcome to another episode of Third and Goal. I'm Rob, everyone's favourite third and goaler, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, Hi, yeah, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fred won't that reference yet. But, nope. uh, um, but as ever, I'm joined by um, the two least favourite, I suppose. Uh, Dan and Fred, how are you both? Well, a lot less good than I was a few minutes ago. <laughs> I love the way you've tied us together. We'll have to ask Catherine for definitive. Who, no, actually, I don't want a definitive from Catherine who's second and who's I third. Don't want that. No, I know I'm... the outcome to that. So... <laughs> but I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to this episode, Rob. Um, yeah. You're not. I'm all right. <laughs> Fred, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So this episode marks the end of our team season reviews. We've dedicated an episode to all 32 teams. We've been joined by 30 guests to talk about their teams and they've delivered an insight into their season for 30 to 45 minutes. So I'd like to thank all guests that have come on, uh, taking the time out to come on the show and offer their expertise, I suppose, on their team, uh, mainly because it saved us having to do copious amounts of research. Um, this is also absolutely just a coincidence. There's no reason to it. This is our last episode, and it's the Buccaneers. Um, I don't know why we picked them last. And uh, today we're joined by Matt. So thanks for joining us, Matt. And how are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, very well. Thanks. Uh, looking forward to unpacking the Bucks season. Yeah, don't. Rob, <laughs> your enthusiasm is overwhelming today, I have to say. <laughs> Rob, Rob's done me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Feeling it. <laughs> Thanks anyway, Matt. Even if I'm not enthusiastic, as enthusiastic as you and Dan are for this, but um, you'll just have to bear with me for that, I suppose. You've got, to, you've got to allow us this little bit of joy. We've suffered long enough. I don't want to, though. <laughs> <laughs> My how long? Point. How long did we have between Super Bowls, Matt? Uh, what was it? Two thousand and three to this. So what's that? Eighteen years. So yeah. How long yeah. have you had between yours, Rob? But, yeah. Someone should have seen where you're going. More. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got to the final a few years ago. Super Bowl a few years ago. Oh, you guys, how did that go? God. <laughs> oh. I don't catch that. Fred, this is not a Patriots episode. All right. Uh, that's enough bashing, Rob, for the minute. We'll come back to that. I think. It's oh, fun. Leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. So we'll start off at the end of 2019, and you finished seven and nine, uh, third in the division. Just briefly, what were your thoughts at the end of 2019 on how that went, and what were you hoping for in 2020? Um, I think, like many Bucks fans, I guess it was a case of, well, now what? You know, Bruce Arians has come in. He's had a season with Jamius, and you kind of go, all right. You know, we've we've given Jamius chance after chance after chance. You know, we've put supposedly one of the great offensive minds in football alongside him, and you know, he's he's joined fairly illustrious company in the amount of interceptions he threw. And you know, you're like, okay, this this kid is obviously talented. You know, all the arm talent in the world, but for whatever reason, he's not getting the message. And, you know, people, what wound me up in 2019 was the amount of people slating our defence. Our defence was not actually that bad in 2019. It was just relentlessly having to start from its own 30-yard line and we we're expecting miracles to happen. You know, it's like you could, well, with the exception of maybe the 85 Bears or something like that, you put most defences starting the average field position we had, you had no hope 
of, uh, of having any success. So, you know, the foundation pieces were there. I think everybody knew that. The offensive line wasn't that bad. I just think they got probably fed up of protecting someone who they were pretty sure was going to turn the ball over. And so maybe they lost focus. Not naming names, but, you know, Donovan Smith. Um, <laughs> and so it was a little bit, you know, what comes next? What can we do? What is behind door number two? And at that point, I certainly didn't think, I don't know how many Bucks fans actually thought, oh, you know, I'm sure we'll roll into 2020 with the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but that's kind of obviously how it how it went. They decided they would, would pursue Brady and, well, yeah. I mean, it, it was almost a running joke at that point because it was, you know, wow, the Bucks signed Brady and lo and behold, we've got COVID. Wouldn't it be funny and typical Bucks if we got Brady and the whole damn season got cancelled? Um, and that was a genuine concern for a little bit. Because uh, it would be it would be PCUS if that happened, but yes, yeah, so I guess end of end of twenty nineteen it was it, it was limbo. You know, we we were in quarterback hell in terms of you like you know it's Jameis Winston or what? People were saying Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater, but he's not going to win your Super Bowl by himself. Um, and you wondered what else we could do, and lo and behold, it went pretty well. Sorry, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> we moved on. We got a better quarterback in. See, we were both parties. With your free agency signings, I suppose, getting Brady, Gronk and amongst others, I mean, heading into 2020, I mean, what did you expect at that point before the season had even started? Yeah, it was uh, it was quite an interesting one. I mean, I'm a bit of a, a cynic, I guess you could call that a, a symptom of our years of being absolutely dreadful. And you kind of went, you know, my, my attitude to it was, Let's break the playoff curse. Let's get to a playoff game. Let's win a playoff game. Let's just win a playoff game. Get that bloody monkey off our back where everyone's like, oh, the Bucks haven't been in the playoffs for like 14 years. Like, get that gone. You know, let's end that curse. Let's let someone else speak to speak about that. And that was my hope. I was like, you know, let's get to let's get to past the wild card round. So we've won a game. So didn't expect us to win the division. I was like, pretty sure the Saints will have that. And sure enough, they did. Um, but you know, I was like, let's win a win a wildcard game, get to the divisional round, and then let's see. And my other real big hope was like, please, God, don't let us lose to the Saints in the playoffs because that's just a fate worse than hell. So, <laughs> you know, and i got nothing against the Falcons. Obviously, we're division rivals, but the team I hate most in the division is, is the Saints. They're just, ugh. Well, who doesn't hate the Saints, to be honest? <laughs> and um, <clears throat> talking about everybody's least favourite team, you played them in week one, <laughs> and that did end in a loss. Uh, I mean, it is always a... Yeah, stinging ones there. But in a way, that was almost a, although disappointing. You know, like I said, never like losing to the Saints. But the week one loss, you kind of went. I can kind of accept that we've had no preseason. You know, new quarterback to us. Gronk still nowhere near up to speed. You know, it, there was a lot of moving pieces. Fournette had obviously come in as well, and there was just a lot of unfamiliar, unfamiliarity there. So I wasn't overly surprised that we lost to the Saints, you know, in New Orleans. That, you know, not a given, but it would have been an absolute seismic shock, I think, if we'd have rolled in there week one and done them. I think that would have been surprising. So I wasn't unhappy, like, after that performance, you know, the opening drive, Brady goes, sneaks in from one yard out, and you're thinking, hello, this could be good. And then it kind of fell apart a bit after that. So that um, first quarter started really well. The first quarter, first drive, there was promising signs yeah. there. We kept them scoreless as well. Yeah. A home in an opener, yeah. so lots of yeah. positive little 
insights. Yeah, and then it just kind of fell down a little bit in the in the second half, and you know, obviously the the worst the worst result was the one at home. But the the week one one, I I didn't lose too much sleep over that. I was like, yeah, was to be expected. They're going to be the class in the division. Hopefully, we've improved enough to take them in the playoffs. That was kind of my attitude at that point. Yeah, well, the next three weeks after that, you beat Carolina thirty-one seventeen, uh, the Broncos twenty-eight ten, and the Chargers. 38-31, so that was we it. we made heavy weather of the charges though. My yeah. goodness, like because that I think it was Justin Herbert's first start, and uh, the Bucks versus rookie quarterbacks. I don't know if you're aware, but we are historically bad against rookie quarterbacks. Like I think uh, Mitchell Trubisky's best ever career game was against us. You know, we let the man go off for 450 odd yards and four touchdowns or something ridiculous. Um. I always remember that because I was in fantasy against the Bears fan who had just drafted in Trubisky for a laugh and he won because Trubisky went nuts. <laughs> still sound like a bit of beer about him, Matt, to be oh, honest. I, I cling on to these things. Absolutely cling on to them. Um, but yeah, so we're bad against Ricky Gortlack for the best of times. But, you know, obviously Herbert had a, a fantastic season anyway. But we made really heavy weather of the charges. You know, it took us a little bit of time to put the Panthers away. I mean, that scoreline suggests it was... You know, a blowout. You know, fourteen points, but actually, it was it was pretty close there in the second half. And was it? Broncos, it was never that close. They weren't they weren't a good team this year. Did you blow hot and cold in games, or did you blow hot and cold four games? If that makes sense, because you obviously used yeah. to blow hot and cold. That's been well talked about. But was yeah. that you might play really well for a quarter, then badly the next? How was it? No, it was it was very much in game. You know, we were against the Chargers. We were very slow out the gates and came back. Um, you know, sorry, sorry to bring it up, but against the Falcons later in the year, we were very, very slow out of the gate. And then, you know, maybe we were down by at halftime, 21, I think, at halftime. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. And then we came all the way back and, and won that one because there was this whole talk, apparently, in the in the locker room that they just, they decided, in inverted commas, that they were going to score in every offensive possession in the second half, and then they did. Um, but, yeah, it was very much within games. It just seemed like... You know the play calling at times is a little bit questionable. Certainly early in the first in the in the first half of the season, you know I think the world and his wife could sit there and be like, "Oh, it's first and ten. Oh, this will be a run straight up the middle." And literally every single time, it was it was maddening. Um, you know, then oh that that didn't work out. Okay, let's try a a short screen pass, or you know it would be a short short pass wide, something like that. We wouldn't ever seem to take a risk on an early down, and it would be all right third and long. Well, it's punt to us go long and see what, what happens. Oh, that hasn't worked out. Oh, look, we're punting. And there was just no rhythm to the offense. The first and ten thing, though, with the running, that's Brady all over. Like That's what Brady did for years with the Patriots. Run the ball on first down. If you've got six, seven, run it on second down. You might as well not take the risk and then throw when he had to, particularly towards the latter years. So that wasn't a great shock for me. But I know Dan was quite, you know, bemoaned that. Why not run on second down for once? So, you know, I think it was one of the things he said. What frustrated me a lot as well is we get to third and six, third and sevens, and rather than picking up a 10-yard pass or a wide receiver screen and, and get the six yards and keep the ball moving, we suddenly try to throw the ball 35 yards down the field from nowhere. And we did that in a lot of games. And, okay, we probably pulled off, I don't know, four during the year perhaps, something like that, and that sort of situation. But generally it just wasn't there, and it seemed really weird if we'd have – run the second down, not had a pass, and we'd be leaving ourselves with third and threes, which are easily a convertible, harder to defend against, and you leave yourself more options. And we didn't seem 
especially early in games and early in the season, <coughs> to just keep the ball and move the chains. We didn't do the basics. We we tried to, and you know, Bruce Aarons is no risk it, no biscuit, as he says himself. And we literally seem to live or die by that early on. So. Yeah, because I mean, the, the Patriot teams that I remember, like, they were, I was referred to them as, as the Germany of the National Football League because they were just ruthlessly efficient. You know, to me, you know, particularly Brady's latter years at the Patriots, it was all, you know, dinky dunky offense and the occasional big one over the top to, to keep it opened up. And, you know, just high completion passes, you know, the screen games, the likes of James White and people like that. But that was his bread and butter. But we just didn't seem to be able to get any of that going. There was very seemingly little creativity in our play calling, nothing that would catch the off uh, the defence off guard. And it showed in certain games, you know, the loss of the Bears. I mean, we had injuries, you know, Mike Evans for the first part of that year. The man, credit to him for sticking it out, but he was not fit. You know, he really didn't get into it until, you know, late first half, early second half of the season. And then I think the Bears game, we didn't have Chris Godwin. And we just, you know, we had players missing for those games. Um, but, you know, the, the, I guess the really first wake-up call that we might be on to something was the Packers win. Because that was the one. The Packers were coming in there unbeaten. And people were like, hmm, hello, this could, be a, this could be a tasty matchup. And the Packers, again, got off to a hot start. And they were 10-0 up. And then Jamel Dean gets his pick six. And we just went from there. You know, having given up seven points on the first Packers drive, only allowed them three the rest of the way and just absolutely nailed Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, for everybody apart from Green Bay fans, I think that's quite fun to watch. So, um, you know, we put him on his arse and Adama Kinsu had a good couple of hits on him and gave him a lot of verbals afterwards. Obviously, there's no love lost there from his Detroit days. But, you know, it was um, that was the wake-up call. That was the one that went, okay, if the defence turns up and the offence clicks like that, then... We're on to something. So in that, that game, the first we, sh- time that happened. we shut out Rogers for three quarters. He was sacked five times and he never crossed midfield in the second half of that game. The Packers yeah. never, Aaron Rodgers never crossed midfield in a half of football. Just phenomenal effort by the yeah. defense on that one. And they're behind, so he's got to be throwing the ball. Uh, and that was where their strength mm. was all year. And we still had enough about us to, to keep that out. So I think some of it was to do with his. Um, Arrogant celebration. I think that's what Sue might have took a little bit of offence to in our end zone and and let him know, right? And that's what football's about, I guess. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed that one. And I think you know injuries do injuries do play a part in football. I mean, I think I'm right in saying they lost David Bakhtari um, quite early in that in that game. So they scored the touchdown, then he went out, and all of a sudden, you know, our defensive line came alive. And they really had no answer to it. And, the, and again, as it transpires, the NFC Championship game was out for that as well. Um, and that didn't help them. And, you know, I think it would be wrong to kind of do a Buck Caesar review without at least acknowledging that we did have some good fortune on the injury front. I mean, yeah, OK, Evans wasn't fit for a lot of it. We lost um, Godwin for a couple. We lost Peter Vea. OJ uh, Howard. Bears game <laughs> all the way through to the... Yeah, OJ Howard. I mean, OJ Howard, although I love him as a player... If you're going to lose a position player, lose a tight end in our team, bloody <laughs> hell. I mean, A, a the Aryan, Aryan scheme isn't big on tight ends in the first place. And B, you know, behind him, you've got, oh, say behind him, alongside him, you've got Gronk and Cameron Brake. Like, that's a pretty stacked tight end room that would be the envy of, of many teams. So, you know, I'm interested to see how 
Howard comes back this year and what he does this year. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, following that win in Green Bay, you <clears throat> had a, another good win against the Raiders, a close win against the Giants, probably closer than you'd have hoped, and then a terrible loss to the Saints again, 38-3. <clears throat> I mean, what went wrong in that one? Everything. Rob would like to talk about this in more depth. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, the Saints, he won't. Any other team, he would. I don't. If it, yeah, if it was somebody else... I'd talk about this for half an hour. But the fact that it's the I take no pleasure out of it. No, I mean, it was everything. It was one of those where everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. The defence had a stinker. It was Devin White's worst game of the season. And in my opinion, we, we do tend to go how Devin White goes. You know, I think in the wildcard game against um, Washington, when we didn't have him, I think that was notable, you know. Um, but yeah, he had a poor game. The secondary had a poor game Brady was abysmal like it just nothing worked and so the story goes they kind of him and Leftwich exchanged glances the following day and just kind of went you know let's just forget about that and move along and they just sat down on the carpet and and carried on and, and credit to them because that would be an easy place for most teams mm-hmm. to capitulate you know because what was interesting about that was the week after that um they we went away to Carolina and there was some issue with the flight. Like, I can't remember whether it was RN there or whatever. About seven hours delay or something, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. They were basically sat in an airport for seven hours and they didn't get in until stupid o'clock in the morning, the, follow, you know, the day of the game. And so they have to shut everything around and then they're going away against another division rival, having just got absolutely stomped at home by your most hated division rival the week before. You know, that's a character test. And if there's one thing that's been sadly true of the Bucks in the uh, recent years, we have failed character test after character test. And for once, we didn't. For once, we kind of turned up, and again, it was tighter than the scoreline suggests early. But, you know, we put that game away, and it was, you know, again, another one of those moments where you're like, okay, you know, we're, we've got some staying power. Now, as it then happens, the following couple of weeks I don't think went very well because I think that was then the Rams but and the Chiefs that Panthers game um, for me was one of our best performances all season because of what we'd come off against the Saints I think McCaffrey was back as well for that especially early on in that Panthers game and yeah he didn't last long though did he? He didn't no 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 but we were touching go and it went in at half time at uh, I think it was 17 all. and it, as you say it really was a can we come out and actually win this game we had a few of them during the year because after the Packers win, we went away to the Raiders. And I've said to these guys at the time, mm. a Bucks team loses that game. A Bucks team blows out the Packers and then goes and loses by 20 points to the Raiders because that's what we do. And we never, we actually got yeah. the result. We come here, we got yeah. annihilated by the Saints. But as you say, we overcome the adversity, went to the Panthers and mm. and ground out a very good result, putting nearly the double figures up in every quarter. And that for me was one of our better performances mm. of the whole season because of that. Because that was the that was the Rojo touchdown run week, wasn't it? Yeah, ninety-eight yards. Yeah. Just to go back to the Saints yeah. one, just to let you know some stats. Because that was... again, that was a, that was a, that was. Go on. So go on. I was going to say the the I was uh, say, but like, that was a turning point in itself because at that point it was really tight, right? Yeah, when the ninety-eight yard, there's a funny delay <laughs> really on this really system. <laughs> the ninety-eight yard is um, okay. longest rush play from scrimmage. But I was going to say on the Saints game, it was Brady's biggest ever um, margin of defeat in his career 
And it was the worst defeat by any team that went on to win the Super Bowl in NFL history. So, um, but that was also Antonio Brown's first game, wasn't it? <laughs> Which gave us another dimension. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean after after Carolina, I mean you had two tough games before a your bye week. Uh, the Rams and the Chiefs, and you lost both games. Identical scoreline, twenty-seven, twenty-four. Um, it's a, yeah. Anything you want to mention about either of those two games? But obviously, as well, at the end of that, going into the bye week, seven and five with. Four games left. I mean, at that point as well, what were your thoughts at that point in the season? Yeah, I think that the the Rams game was a really frustrating one because I don't really feel like we played well. You know, it was another kind of prime time slot that we choked, and well, choked maybe a bit harsh, but we just didn't play well. You know, it was kind of like we're just missing the final ten percent. Like we're obviously a good team, but we were struggling to put other good teams away. You know, we're quite confident beating teams that we were better than at that point. You know, I think you saw that in the second half with the Panthers. I think you saw that at the Raiders. Um, but yeah, the Rams game was frustrating. The Chiefs game was almost a, an interesting observation because obviously that was the game where Tyreek Hill went absolutely hmm. wild in the first quarter, right? Or was it two, 10, three touchdowns or something in, in, well, certainly that in the first half at least. And the scheme was wrong. Like it was wrong from the get go. We'd, seemed to be playing Carlton Davis against Tyreek Hill and then not even pressing him at the line. It was like, you know, there was just something awry there. And again, credit to Bowles because he, he eventually saw that. I say eventually, he saw it pretty quickly there to him. But by that point, it was kind of too late. And we kind of said, right, we're going to double up on Hill. We're going to double up on Kelsey. And then we're going to play man everywhere else the rest of the way. And that's what we did. And, you know, whether you want to argue that, you know, uh, they they scaled it back a bit and they weren't reaching into the depths of their playbook or whatever. Well, either way, we still slowed them down and then the offense kind of got going a little bit and we kind of closed it up. We just you know, given ourselves too much of a hold. But I think what was interesting there is that gave them the blueprint of how they wanted to do things when it got to playing them again in the Super Bowl. So, Although it was obviously disappointing to go in at, at seven and five, you again kind of went, well, we've seen signs. We've seen, you know, the Green Bay game, the way the offense can put up 45 <clears throat> points against the Raiders and the Panthers, that, okay, when the offense clicks, it is there. You know, we're still at that point waiting for Gronk to really come to the party. I mean, there was a lot of talk about him joking around, being like, oh, you know, I'm just here to block baby or whatever. And it's, uh, you know, again, the Super Bowl, he, he did Do his you- thing. But, so do you think, so that bye week coming really late for you guys actually was a blessing because, like you said, you'd seen a lot of the sides, you'd done good sides, you'd lost a couple of games to good sides, but things were starting to come together. So you had no pre-season. You've got these new offensive options, brand new quarterback who's obviously very experienced, very good quarterback. Do you think that was the right time? Because you could then think, right, we've just got five weeks to go at, go at things now, haven't we? And we've got this good training week here. We've lost a close game in the end. And we've shown enough that we can beat the Chiefs. I mean, do you think that came at a very good time for you guys? Or do you think it was irrelevant? Yeah, I think I think it was definitely a good time. And I think the schedule helped, if we're being brutally honest about it. Because before the bye, we had a lot of the, the tougher teams. Mm. You know, 
Chiefs, Rams. Most people knew they were going to be there. We'd already faced the Saints twice by that point. They were obviously going to win the division, but you know that was already obvious then. Um, yeah, so we we played good teams up to that point, and then afterwards we had, you know, without wishing to be rude to those teams, we had an easier schedule. You know, the Vikings weren't at their best last year. Um, Again, apologies. The Falcons weren't at their best last year. Um, and, you know, we ended up playing a Detroit team whose pretty much entire coaching staff was on the COVID list at that time. And that was the game that we had to win to secure our playoff berth. And, you know, we got that done pretty well, incredibly easily, really, if we're being kind. I mean, we knocked Matt Stafford out. I think it was partway through the first quarter. And, you know, the game was dead as a contest by then. We won it by 40 points. So, you know, it came at a really good time because we'd faced the teeth of the schedule that we were going to face. You know, the toughest game the rest of the way for us was always going to be the Vikings because, you know, Mike Zimmer's a good defensive coach and I know they're rebuilding on that side of the ball, but, you know, Kirk Cousins is a presentable NFL quarterback. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, candidate for Rookie of the Year. Adam Thielen, very good player. Lots of different things that can hurt us. Dalvin Cook doing what he does. So, there were many things that we could have fallen apart against the Vikings, but we hung in there and got that win, you know, 12 points, close-ish game. Um, and from there, we kicked on. Obviously, the Falcons the week after could have been a disaster because we were down by quite so many at the half. But again, good character win to kind of click the offense into gear and, and get it going and make sure you win that game. And again, that was the one where um, Devin White had an absolute monster second half, didn't he? He had like three or four sacks by himself and just as the great linebackers do, and I'm not quite ready to call him a great linebacker just yet, but he had a fantastic second half of that game and, you know, really changed it for us. So, you know, the, yeah, the bye did come at a good time. The schedule helped us. Um, and we just kind of seemed to click a little bit more in the second half of the season. But you did wonder going into the playoffs then, you were like, okay, we've beaten, you know, we've, what have we won then? Four straight rolling mm-hmm. into the playoffs? And you're like, okay maybe we're on to something, but we won't really know till we get there. And then you end up facing, you know, a Washington team who you could argue was fortunate to win a weak division. Um, mostly because the Eagles pretty much phoned it in in the second half of the, of the wow. uh, crucial game at the end there. Um, you know, because they... Who, who would we have faced they won that? We'd have placed the Giants, wouldn't we? So it could have been very different. Um but yes, yeah, so we ended up facing Washington, and again, you've not you've not really experienced being a Bucks fan unless the thought of facing a backup quarterback scares the living daylights out of you. Um, it was about a fifth quarterback <laughs> by that stage, wasn't it? <laughs> Washington. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because what well, Haskins has gone, Smith's out injured. He uh, had a very good game though, didn't Heineken, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. And I, but again, we were missing Devin White. You know, you take Vita Vea out; he's still out at that point. Devin White's not there because he had COVID. And, you know, you got a quarterback with running potential. And we really struggled. We really, really struggled. Um, you know, everyone was talking about, oh, it's going to be maybe a low-scoring game because Washington's defense is that good. And all right, Washington's defense was all right, but we still put 31 points on it. Um, you know, and everyone's talking about Chase Young and credit Donovan Smith. He pretty much faced him one-on-one a lot of the time. And I don't think he recorded so much as a pressure. So, you know that was a really good offensive line performance from a from a group that was rapidly becoming one of the better ones in the league by that point, in my opinion. Um, and we did enough to get that over the line, but that was um, that was closer than I would have wanted it to be. 
Yeah, and then you go, <clears throat> obviously, in divisional round, then you play the Saints again after two losses in the regular season. One of them extremely heavy. Um, you go out and... Yeah, all right. You, you've made that point. <laughs> I'm trying to get my own back. Um, I, can't, I can't do that in this episode, can I? There's no winning, there's no winning for me in this episode. But, you know, you go out there and you get your own back on, on them, if you like, in the divisional round with a 30-20 win. And yeah, and that's what I can point out as well to you that I was actually cheering for the books in that game. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyone but the Saints, isn't it? Really, yeah, sense. basically, you were the lesser yeah. of two evils. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've had to take that approach for so many years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, again, that was a, a very, very, very close game, and I think most Bucks fans will tell you it took years off their life. And you know, back when we won the Super Bowl. In 2003, you kind of had that, um, you know, the iconic Rondé Barber pick off of Donovan McNabb where he returns it and, you know, he took that one to the house. But, you know, for me, you could argue that the Devin White pick off Breeze, you know, in that tight game was was almost as significant. And again, it doesn't get taken to the house, but, you know, that was a very tight game. But our, our defence really showed up. You know, you've got a situation where you've got Drew Brees, one of the greats at home. All right, you know, I'm prepared to acknowledge the fact that he was limited and that wasn't prime Drew Brees. He clearly couldn't push the ball downfield, but you've got to beat what's put in front of you. Um, and, you know, we've got a number of interceptions. I mean, the that was Antoine Winfield forcing the fumble off of Jared Cook. Huge moment in the game. Absolutely enormous moment. Because if they go down and score there, you know, are we coming back to win that game? Mm, it's going to be close. But you know, massive moment. And again, the rookies stepped up. So you got to, again, credit Jason Light and all of this because I guess the guy we haven't spoken about at all yet is the right tackle. You know, Wurfs was brilliant all year. How he wasn't an all-pro, I think, is possibly the biggest travesty of the season, but I'm guessing he'll trade it for a Super Bowl ring. Um, <laughs> you know, he was he was magnificent. I think he gave up one sack all year and that was to Khalil Mack. Um and, you know, him and Winfield in particular were great. Tyler Johnson had his moments. You know, he had the, the crucial pass interference. He drew the PI flag in the Packers game at the end there and had other catches. You know, he caught one in that Saints game that was a, a massive moment as well. And actually in those pivotal moments, Brady went to the likes of him. He went to the likes of Scotty Miller. You know, that's a hell of a deep wide receiver room we've got as well as a tight end room. So, um you know, those guys really showed up. So it was a real kind of deep into the bag of tricks, deep into the roster guys who were, you know, showing up and going, you know what, you're right to pick me. I'm going to do a job. And they, you know, it was a real team effort. And I thought it was a defining win, wasn't it? I mean, you, you beat the Saints in New Orleans and you go, yeah, okay, we can, we can probably face most other things, you know, because normally going to face the Packers in Green Bay you know, Bucks historically have been abysmal in cold weather games. So you go, oh, you know, maybe that's going to cause us some problems. When you've beaten the Saints in New Orleans, you're like, yeah, that'll be all right. We'll be okay. And, you know, sure enough, that one went all right for us. And then you do go and beat the Packers in Green Bay. Um, you know, you're up in that 21-10 at, at the end of the first half, uh, mm-hmm. winning. 31-26, um, and that puts you in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, again, some of the iconic moments. I mean, that that sequence before the half, you know, Sean Murphy bunting, getting his 
getting his almost customary interception um, <laughs> in the playoffs. So, you know, just before the half there, and you're like, oh, maybe we'll, we'll dink and dunk and try and kick along the field goal, although Suckup's not got the, the strongest leg in the league. But if we can get it within 50, he's got a shot. And, you know, I think it's a wonderful NFL turning point film where they kind of talk you through it and they take you inside the huddle and they call his gun bunch left. They just, Freddie says, gun bunch left. Everybody's got to go. Do you take a timeout as well just before then? Because I think... Yeah, it was a couple of timeouts. So we had... Um, we had a fourth down, and so we were going to, you know, we took the team off and brought the punt team on, and then we called a timeout. Offense goes back on the field, and then right before the snap, Green Bay calls a timeout. And so, you know, da da da. And then that's when we then called that play, and everyone was expecting a short pass underneath to set up a, a, a field goal. Um, yeah, but, well, sorry, the fourth down play, we picked up the first down, but we still needed more yards to get mm. the field goal. And so everyone was thinking short pass at that point, and that's when we hit them along for the, the Scotty Miller touchdown over King. So, yeah, but it was just an incredibly gutsy call. And when, you know, everyone thinks, oh, ha-ha, Bruce says, no risk it, no biscuit. But that's what he's talking about. You know, he's like, conventional wisdom says there, kick a field goal, you know, take the three points. And Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, right, nah, we're going for a, we're going to go for a touchdown, we're going to see what happens. And that was huge, because you go from a moment of thinking, oh, you know, Green Bay could march all the way down here and quite easily score a touchdown on us before the half and then they get the ball back at the start of the second half and we completely flip that on its head and then they get the ball out the second half and um, Jordan Whitehead who had a you know brilliant game until he got injured in that game he was playing very very well because uh, Winfield was actually out for that game so you know he forces the fumble and uh, you know and then again we get a touchdown there I think that was the Cameron break wasn't it so your know, first playoff of that and then after that, we kind of actually weren't very good. Brady actually threw a couple of picks. Mm. The offense spluttered. You know, Rogers was doing his thing. And then Matt LaFleur had his moment. Well, I said at the time, I think both quarterbacks got stage right a little bit weirdly in that second half, which is weird because you've got two of the best, most experienced quarterbacks. But they both yeah. see Brady, who is very calm, looked panicked and looked worried and mm. didn't perform. You know, so I don't know what it was from your point of view. Yeah, it was odd. I thought some of the play calling was a little bit odd. You know, we we went back to just throwing deep shots and it was just like, hang on a minute, we've got a double-digit lead here. Let's just, you know, work the ball, work the clock. I'm not saying go super conservative and run the ball, but, you know, let's look for your intermediates and, you know, run a few more screens. You know, we've got a a decent um, wide receiver crew that can do a wide receiver screen pretty well. Like we, We didn't really go to that. We just seemed to be hitting vertical routes and posts and things like that. And it just didn't really work. I think Brady, yeah, like I say, Brady threw at least two, maybe three picks in that second half. And we were very fortunate, actually, to get away with that. Um, because, yeah, we really, really struggled in that second half. And then on from there, I guess I'll not say any more. I'll just let you and Dan have your moment, if you like. And... <laughs> uh, I, I have my moment every week. Go on, Matt. <laughs> I mean, what can you say about it? I, mean, I don't. I don't know. You know, obviously, you guys. I'm not. I'm, I'm genuine. I'm not trying to rub it in, but like when you get to a Super Bowl, it's been ages for me. And I was only what was I, 16, 17 when we got to the Super Bowl the first time round. Um, I didn't really understand enough of the game at that point. Although I've been watching it for a few years, I didn't really understand enough about it to really invest in it and know what the build-up was all about. Whereas this time, it was like it was just really fun to have those 
days leading up to the Super Bowl, thinking about the Super Bowl and thinking about winning it and what would that be like? And yeah, that was a lot of fun as well. Um, yeah, just imagining the different ways we might be able to do it. And I think still a lot of people were saying, probably quite rightly, that the Chiefs were favourites. You know, their offence is otherworldly and Patrick Mahomes is magical and all those good things. And, you know, those statements are true. But yeah, all right, they were lose, They lost both their tackles, although I don't like that statement because their right tackle hadn't been there for ages and they've been absolutely fine, but they lost Eric Fisher. I accept that. Um, and almost, you know, I think the first quarter was quite slow. Obviously, they got on the board first. And then bit by bit, our offense kind of came alive and it was such an odd game to watch. I mean, I've, you know, obviously I've watched it countless times since, but just the number of the mistakes that the Chiefs made. And all right, we forced some of them. But, you know, how many catches they drop? I mean, Hill had at least one hit him in the face. Kelsey had an easy third down catch. Well, it's easy. Easy by his standard third down catch that he drops. Um, I think another wide receiver late in the third had another touchdown catch, hit him in the helmet and go down. And it just seemed like thing after thing. And obviously then, you know, we did our bit too. The defensive effort was absolutely superb. I mean... You know, no one seems to talk too much about it, but Levante David's job on Travis Kelsey, I thought, was absolutely outstanding. You know, I mean, all right, Kelsey had a hundred yards, but they're the most forgettable hundred yards in football history. You know, they were just empty yards, and the number of times that you've seen Kelsey kind of run straight at someone and then, you know, move one or the other and lose them, and Levante David just stuck with him, and you know, had at least I think two or three uh, PBUs and. He was just all over and doesn't get the credit he deserves. And, you know, although quarterbacks always get the glory, for me, you know, Levante David was the MVP of that Super Bowl, closely followed by Leonard Fournette. You know, how many third downs did Leonard Fournette pick up? Do you uh, think your offensive TD run? game plan surprised him, though? Because all of a sudden there was Gronk catching the ball, being thrown the ball. Uh, you know, and he hadn't really done a lot all year. He took eight catches, didn't he, for 61 yards or something along those lines? Yeah, and yeah. He would be just out of nowhere, almost. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, I think what you saw in the Super Bowl was Brady's trust for Gronk. You know, that, that almost comfort blanket level of, of comfort where you're just like, you know, like it's a big moment. And even for someone like Brady at his age and his experience and all his success, he still wants to know exactly where someone's going to be. And Gronk gave him that. But I think particularly that first touchdown run, again, there's a lovely NFL film piece about it, where all season long we'd brought Gronk in motion right to left, had him hesitate, and then done a run play. Um, and so the linebacker bit on that and then all of a sudden Gronk just peels off and, and carries on round and yeah so there was definitely a, oh, well, obviously a lot of thought that had gone into it to kind of say you know acknowledge well this is how we usually run that play well fine let's now do it a, a variation on that and see how that works out for us and you know that second TD catch that was a I think that was kind of almost a busted play you know that that was Gronk reading the situation and kind of going, okay, this ball hasn't come out yet. It hasn't gone where it's supposed to go. And just reading the situation, using his strength and, you know, getting getting leverage and getting good position to make that grab. Because, yeah, I think he was like the fourth read on that play and he was he was still there. And, um, you know, and again, our screen game came to the fore there. You know, we had screens going to Cameron Brake. We had screens going to Gronk. Um, you know, we did actually try a couple of jet sweeps to Scotty Miller, bless him, which <laughs> did not go well. Um, thankfully we tried that twice and then kind of gave up on it. Um, but yeah, we, we did a lot of variations there, but what was incredible about the game, or many incredible things about it, but you know, we called it off. Our offense called that game off midway through the third 
quarter. You're like, nah, we got it. And we really didn't even try and score points. Like, when I say that, do you know what I mean? Like, we were playing well within ourselves. We weren't kind of like, you know, right, let's try and get another touch and another touch. We weren't running the score up. We're like, okay, we, we've got a significant lead here and our defence is playing well. So we were kind of more running the clock and, and doing it that way. So, and that's incredible to get to that point in the Super Bowl and, and do that. And obviously we were fortunate enough to do that in 2003 as well, where we absolutely, um, you know, slaughtered the Raiders as well. So I think we saw a stat that we're, of any team that's had two Super Bowl appearances, we've got by far the highest winning margin or something. So, um, you know, even more than the Patriots. So that's a nice record to have. But yeah, it was it was incredible, incredible experience. I really can't put it into words. Just the, you know, I think the game finished at three thirty, and I think I managed to get to bed about quarter to six in the morning. And then my kids woke me up at half past six. So um, I was thankful to have the day of work. But yeah, it is. One of the one of the real joys in in sport, isn't it? Seeing a team win a Super Bowl, you know, at home. I can't imagine many things topping that. Uh, yeah, in their own stadium as well. I mean, who gets to do that? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> so, until the Chargers give it their best shot this year. But. I think the key for me on the end of the season, especially, was we lost to the Saints humiliatingly at home. We then lost to the Chiefs, although we brought it back close. We got annihilated for half the game. We then had the easy run and the bye, and I think we learned a lot over that bye about them two games. So from them two games heading into the bye, I think we fancied our chances with the games left of making the playoffs. And the aim then was how do we actually ensure we make the most of this playoff situation? And I think all of our game plan then was we knew at some stage we are going to have to beat the Saints, and we knew the chances were it was going to be the Chiefs making the playoffs. And we set about a game plan for those two games. We just had to do enough to get through the others. Uh, and that was how it panned out perfectly. Yeah, and I mean, you've got to give a lot of credit for that to like Todd Bowles in particular. I mean, how on earth he's not got a head coaching gig somewhere is, you know, again, a bit of a joke, isn't it? But, you know, very, very thankful that he's coming back for another year. Um, and Byron Leftwich too, you know, his play calling got more creative and, and better um, the second half of the year. And if you listen to the coaches, they think that, the offense did not reach its ceiling last year. They think there's a lot more to come from it this year, that year two is going to be a lot better. And um, you'd have been hard pressed to sell that argument if you'd have lost certain people. You know, if Gronk hadn't come back or AB hadn't come back or Godwin hadn't come back, you'd have been like, eh, really? How are you going to, how are you going to manage that? But again, credit where it's due to Jason Light and his team. We've found a way to bring them all back. And so now we wait with bated breath to see what on earth year two which is supposedly going to be better will look like because that could be a scary concept for the rest of the league if we're actually going to be better than we were last year well I was just going to ask Matt because I thought when we got Brady and, and Gronk and all that came in it was all for this coming year we built it 2020 was a let's learn let's figure out COVID turned up as well when it was let's just do the best we can put a plan in place for 21 actually mm-hmm. 2020 we excelled so I'm excited to see what this year has to offer. I haven't known everyone back as well. Yeah, so, I mean, question for both of you then, really, I suppose. You have brought, you've got them on the Super Bowl. You've brought everybody back. So, what are your expectations for next year? <laughs> difficult to say. It's difficult to be arrogant enough to sit here and be like, I expect them to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, that's what it's designed for, isn't it? We're, you know, the Bucks. 
let's not be around the bush here. The Bucks are here for a good time, not a long time. You know, we are here to, to win and win now because once Brady goes, again, let's be honest, a lot of those players are following him. You know, if once Brady's gone, Gronk will go, Fournette will go. How many years left does Ndamukong and Sue want to keep playing? We don't know. JPP's out of contract after this year. So I could labour that point. But we are here to win a Super Bowl. Like, that has to be the target this year. Um, and I think, you know, having almost having done that last year does put a target on our back. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the team respond to being, you know, to being the ones to beat rather than being the... You know, oh, they've got all these players, the up, almost the up-and-coming team because we've got Brady, and oh, can they do it? Can they do it? And we've answered that question. We've gone, yeah, we can do it. We won the whole thing, thanks. But now the question is, okay, can you do it again? Can you go for two, as Bruce Arians calls it? You know, hopefully, yeah, but that's got to be the target. That's got to be the expectation. Dan, what about you? Agree with that? Almost definitely, yeah. we we had ultimately what turned out to be the best team in the NFL last year. We won the Super Bowl, so that's a given. We've got the same team. Everybody went into free agency in the draft with the aim to get better to catch us. Well, we're still where we were. Um, we was in a fantastic position heading into the draft that we didn't have a need to fill. We were drafting purely for depth. And, and Jason Light has done it over the last few years. He's took best player available, whatever it be, and figured out the roster from there. Uh, and this allowed us to do that again. Take the best player. Let's, you know, get that depth in there. So all that's done is made us stronger. Other teams have lost players in certain position, gained rookies in some, or acquired a free agent. We've got the same team, the same starting point we ended with, and added a few little extra pieces to it. Whether it be depth, whether some work out, whether some don't, it remains to be seen. But we can't be any worse than we was last year. So it's up to everyone else to come and catch us. Yeah, Fred. And you could yeah. argue a lot of the teams around us have got worse. You know, I, I think that's the thing. Like you can't. <laughs> yeah, like I got all the time in the world for Drew Brees. I think he's a, a nice guy, but um, him leaving is is good news for us in that division. I think. I mean, I think. No, because Jameis Winston that might be us now. Enough to think. Yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston will. will <clears throat> will pay attention and be switched on for the two games against us. But you're telling me he can, you know, not be a turnover machine for a 17-game season? I don't believe you. In um, my view, it's nice to see the Patriots cast-offs go well and have, spend their retirement well, do well never, you know, just pre-retirement ambling about the league. <laughs> They've done okay, haven't they? So it's nice from, from my point of view as well. Well done, boys. You sound. I very love it. Good. I love it. As a, as a, the Patriots are so spoiled for success that they regard winning one Super Bowl as they've done okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, okay. Fred, you any final questions? No, that's great. Dan, any final thoughts? No, I'd, I'd like to say thanks to Matt for coming on, and we are in a, a WhatsApp group with other like-minded Bucks fans and I know throughout the year it's been some good nights and some hard nights that Chicago Bears night on that Thursday night sat there texting each other wondering what on earth is happening was hard work um, and then like-minded you get to the Super Bowl and it was even more so and this is what's going on we couldn't be together we couldn't go to a, a bar somewhere and enjoy it with other fans so 
just have people like Matt and, and the others that are in there was was nice to try and share that experience with someone rather than as it actually was I was sat on my sofa on my own in the middle of the night in the dark trying not to wake the kids up jumping around the room so <laughs> cheers for that yeah. Matt and the rest of those guys in there wonderful <laughs> come on well, Rob Matt, say it thank Rob thank you very much for... <laughs> I want a nice congratulations yeah, well. from you no that's <laughs> cool back in NFL history Rob Matt thank you for joining us I hope you right, thank you very much for having me it's been great yeah. Thanks, guys. it's been great for me as well <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thanks a lot for taking the time out to come and uh, talk to us Matt we appreciate it and uh, thank you to everyone that's listened goodbye bye bye, bye.